This episode of the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by the USGA. The USGA and RNA received comments from more than 22,000 golfers in 102 countries as they reviewed the rules of golf this year. For more on the changes that are expected for January 2019, visit USGA.org. Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck back for another podcast with a knockdown. Very excited to be joined by um, Peter Malnati, who is a accomplished PJ Tour pro and lately has gotten a little more attention for his uh, very thoughtful remarks about the anthem protests in the NFL and kind of their larger meaning. So, um, Peter, thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, yeah, man, it's good to be here, Alan. Thanks for having me. Let's just let's just jump right in here. Um, I think people. You know, they remember your win a couple years ago, and you've, you've been on tour, and you've, you've won on the web. You, you have the playing credentials, but I think not everyone knows your story. So you're, you're a nice Midwestern boy, uh, born in Indiana. Tell me, what was the, the, the political conversation like around the dinner table in your household growing up? Absolutely non-existent. Um, it's funny. We, uh, <laughs> I think... Um, you know, my mom and dad are amazing people, and they, they they instilled a lot of amazing things in me. But we didn't really discuss um, we didn't really discuss politics, and um, I've never been. It's hard to believe, seeing as you know the reason I'm getting all this attention right now. Um, it's hard to believe when I say this, but I don't really even consider myself to be a political guy. Like I'm not. I'm not huge in the world of politics i'm just huge in the world of you know kindness i want to see people be nice to each other i want to see people you know think the world if the world had more kindness and more empathy and more love and those are the kind of values that, that i i was raised with um those are the kind of things that i did have in my home i'm really lucky really lucky to have that growing up um but we didn't talk politics we didn't uh you know, we didn't discuss right and left and conservative and liberal and democrat and republican we didn't we didn't really discuss those things we discussed you know things we discussed people and how you should treat people and um that's still that that that's that's what my so-called politics is rooted in today is how how i feel like we should treat people yeah it's more kind of human values and that that's universal and that cr- that cuts across any party lines i i think if we could all get to that place it would it would be healthy um you know, we all know that the golf world is a little conservative and has that, have you felt through the years, a little, um, tension as, as you have these, these, these convictions and, and maybe the people that you, your colleagues and the people you spend your time with see the world in a very different way. <laughs> Every single day, man. Um, <laughs> we definitely, um, you know, it's just, it is, it's, it's really hard. Um, You know, there's. I'm, I've been a big. Uh, I've been trying to be a, a big reader this year. I, I read when I was in college, and I graduated in 2009, and honestly haven't read since then. And this year, that was like one of my. That was like my New Year's resolution, if you want to call it that. It wasn't really a resolution, but it was to read more. And so I got into this great. Um, my, my this author that's you know he's been writing books since been writing books since probably, you know, 2000 early 2000s. But Malcolm Gladwell and he. Uh, he had this uh, great quote that he borrowed from somewhere else, but uh, he said, 
you know, in one of his books, he said, to a worm in horseradish, the world is horseradish. And so to a guy that travels on the PGA Tour, the world is posh, you know? The world is the PGA Tour. Like, surround, like we're spoiled. We're surrounded by everything that is that is nice in life like we 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 have it and um and that's i mean i just i just know that's not reality for very many people i just know it and i don't i don't think i don't think that's a really common sentiment on a pga tour um but i mean i think i think the pga tour is full of great guys like great guys and great families there's families out there um but i just think you know the sentiment to to realize that man like this isn't real life for very many people that doesn't get talked about are, are there other other players or other people in golf that you've been able to confide in and um, have you been able to have conversations like this or is this just something you've been carrying around by yourself for a long time? Definitely not by myself. I mean, my, you know, my wife's my best friend for sure. I think, you know, I think most, most PGA tour players who spend so many weeks on the road, I think we would all tell you that. Um, but my wife is you know, my best friend. We're very like-minded. Um, we challenge each other. She's, uh, she's, super she's so smart and um we challenge each other and then uh there, there are there are others on tour i mean it's probably get a couple guys in trouble by naming names but uh the, the, there's other guys there, there are very very few that have, i've become close with but i know there are other guys on tour that, that think this way um and you know it's i haven't connected with very many um I don't think there, there probably aren't very many, honestly, but I haven't connected, but there's, there, there's a couple, we can have conversations. Um, there are guys that I can talk to that I know, um, you know, that I know will, will challenge me, but at the same time, um, also understand what I'm trying to say and give me, give me some benefit of the doubt, um, to, to actually listen, which, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a really special thing in a person how to get someone who actually can get past the opening words and the sign, you know, a slant, but then still listen. That doesn't happen too much either. So, but there are, there are people, there's people I can talk to for sure. I love that. If you name these players, uh, <laughs> you're like outing them as a, uh, wow, they're, they're not hardcore. Um, you know, uh, well, I don't want to use any labels, but it's just funny that, that you, you, you hesitate to name any names. It tells you a little something about the, the culture that we're in. I, I, I do remember, I remember, um, I, I, again, I guess I won't name names, but I, I stayed with, I stayed with a, uh, a family, like a good, a good friend of mine from, from when I was in school at the university of Missouri, I stayed with his family this year at one of the tournaments. And, uh, we were talking about something <laughs> and his dad just says to me, he goes, what are you, a liberal or something? And he said it like it was the worst thing you could call a person. And again, I don't really, I don't, I don't align myself as a political this or political that, I just care about people and I want people to, I want people to be understood. I want people to feel like they have a chance. Um, so if that, if that's what aligns me with being liberal, then I'm, I'm fine with that. That's fine. And I definitely, I'm definitely, I big fan of, you know, big fan of change, big fan of, well, not change, big fan of progress, big fan of progress. So if that makes me liberal too, then great. Um, but I just, I think it's funny that, you know, like, what are you, liberal or something? It's thrown around like that's the biggest insult that you can give somebody. And I just think, I think that's, you know, it's silly. That's just silly. But, but that is, that is the circle. That is the circle of, 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 you know, the world that kind of travels around 
this the PGA Tour. And it's, um, you know, it's a little bit of, of that reality. It's a little bit of that horseradish that the worm was. It's the world I live in. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've noticed on your Twitter feed going back months, it seemed like you were kind of testing the waters. You had, you had a few um, tweets about Barack Obama and and some other um, some other topics that generally are not going to alight the the Twitter feed of a PJ Tour player. And did you did was something building inside of you where you felt like you wanted to speak publicly and maybe you're just waiting for the right moment? No, I mean def- definitely not that at all. Really, I I um, the only times I can um, I I retweet a few things that I think are just brilliant examples of humanity and um you know i know that you know policy wise people can come down on as far on either extreme as as there possibly could be people there's people who there's probably people out there who think you know that obama's policies were great and brilliant and i know i know for certain that there's people out there that thought he they were the worst ever and policy wise i mean i don't even I mean, I, I, I would fall more towards the I like them than than not. But that's not that's neither here nor there. The man was just a genuine human being who, you know, he tweets a lot of things, and some of them are just the best in humanity that he has to tweet, and um, and that's what I care about. That's what I care about. So I share it. And no, it, it was never there was never anything in me that was building towards any kind of big message. I, I, I have, I truly don't have a desire to be, you know, this political voice, um, in golf. I don't, I have a, I have a desire to be a voice for kindness, a voice for empathy, a voice for compassion, a voice for, um, empathy is one of my fair words. I use a lot, but a voice for that, that, that ability to, to see things from another's perspective. Um, and, you know, if I want to be a voice for anything, that's what it is, a voice for, for those things, for kindness and empathy and compassion. Um, and I think it's really sad that those would align me with one side of the political spectrum. That seems, that seems silly to me. Um, like, surely, surely both people, both, both, both sides of even the extremes can agree that kindness and compassion and empathy are good qualities. I think, I think, I think we can agree on that. Um, I agree with you. So, so, all right. So it was about this time last year that um, the public noticed that Colin Kaepernick was not standing for the national anthem. It became a, a part of the, the national discourse. And, and certainly uh, it's, it's an issue that, that, that touches on a lot of different things and it's aroused a lot of passions. And, and then uh, we all know that the, the president made it a much bigger deal with, with his rally in Alabama and some incendiary remarks and then the subsequent tweets at, at what point were you moved to, to type up a statement and release it into the world? Kind of walk me through that process and maybe the, the rough drafts and the, the counsel you, you sought from others and, and how did that all play out? Yeah. I mean, it definitely was not an easy decision. It wasn't something that I just took lightly because there were a lot of things to consider. I mean, um, you know, I I know that this is an incendiary topic. I know that this is very, very polarizing. And um, you know, as like I said, my ultimate goal 
is to share kindness and, and promote, um, you know, promote love and empathy. And that's my main goal. And so when you do this, you know, you know that it's going to excite some hateful reactions. And that's obviously the opposite end of the scale from love and empathy and compassion. Um, so there's a lot of thought that went into it, but, but what, what really inspired me, I mean, I heard, I heard, um, our president's comments at his rally in, in Alabama. And that was when it occurred to me that, um, you know, the real problem I think with, with all this is just that we, we all are, we so easily just feel our gut reaction and act on it. Um, and that happens in life so much. I mean, it happens on the golf course, it happens to me. I do it. I think we all do it. We feel our gut reaction and we respond. And, um, you know, a lot of times our gut reaction is, is not good. Like it's just not that great. And, you know, it's, it's um, so, so what I saw was people in my world, people in my circle, people that, that do what I do and are in, you know, travel in the circles that I travel sharing, you know, some, some comments on Twitter that are just like, you know, basically either quoting or word for like either, either, you know, quoting or paraphrasing, but very much supporting, you know, the, the president's comments that, you know, anyone that kneels for the national anthem is, you know, when, you know, you know, the word to use, I don't know what kind of language we can use on this podcast, but you, you know, what do you use? And I think most people do too. And, um, it's a podcast. You can say whatever you want, <laughs> but, but you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's good to know, but no, I'm kidding. Um, but it was, but anyway, so I saw, I saw comments that very much echoed the president's comments. Um, you know, being that, you know, anyone who kneels is, is just, just really, really bad and really, really awful. And, um, and, you know, I certainly like, I understand that sentiment, especially like for so many people and, and, and for, for good reason, the flag does represent the, the heroes, the, the people that fought and died for this country. And I couldn't be more thankful to them. I've lived, I'm, I'm so, I am. I'm not always proud of what happens in America, but I am proud to be an American. I'm happy to be an American. Um, um, so I, I think it is important to respect and respect isn't even a strong enough word to just, just be so thankful to the people that, that, that died defending the country and defending our freedom. Um, but, but if you look at it from a different perspective, which is what I want people to do, you know, and try to feel like, like, why, why would someone be compelled to kneel for the national anthem? Why would that happen? And you try to answer that question. I mean, that's empathy to find if you can do that, if you can, if you can answer that, if you can ask that question and answer it for yourself. Um, I just feel like if you can do that, you may still, you may still come to the conclusion. That's not the right way to do it. That may still be, that may be the conclusion you come to, but you might then be a little more accepting, a little more understanding of a person who does it rather than just saying they're son of a bitch and, um, you know, they should leave and get out and, and all that, because it's one of the, one of the things that makes me so darn proud to be an American is the fact that a person can kneel for the national anthem if they want to, like that's, you know, whether or not you think they should, um, the fact that they can 
is one of the most beautiful things about this country. Um, so anyway, when I saw the, the gut reactions that were just so hateful towards, you know, people who are making that choice to kneel to the anthem, um, I really sat and thought about it a lot from try to try to think about it from the perspective of a person who might be doing that. And it just became you know, really clear to me that, you know, that wasn't a perspective that a lot of these people who are writing these comments I've read have ever considered. And so, you know, I tried to get in the head and I, I, I've never been, I've never been oppressed. I've never been, um, I've lived a life of, of great, great privilege. Um, but not everyone has had the same experience I've had. And I know there are people who have not lived a life of privilege. Um, and so I tried to, you know, ask myself what, what might cause someone to, to want to kneel. And, and I think there's, there's things in this country that aren't great right now. There's certainly things that aren't great. And, you know, if, if awareness can be raised, um, and the discussion can happen and progress can be made, my goodness, we can, we can make things better, but the discussion has to start somewhere. And, um, as incendiary as it is, and as polarizing as it is, and as offensive as it is to some people, my gosh, the, uh, this hot button topic of, of anthem protest, it certainly starts conversation. Doesn't always, I've certainly experienced, doesn't always inspire productive conversations, but it <laughs> does start conversations. And if, um, if, if some of those turn into conversations that are productive and, and lead to lead to progress and lead to new perspectives being opened up, I mean, my goodness, it's definitely, it, it's definitely a, a worthwhile cause to at least think about, you know, rather than having the gut reaction and just going with that, that, you know, it's horrible, awful, disrespectful, and these people should just leave, just leave the country, be fired, as, as Trump said. Like, if we can start a discourse and consider why they might be doing it, maybe maybe there can be some progress. And, um, and so I just felt really passionate about that because I, I I just know that I've had this wonderful, great experience. And and for me, you know, life has life has been easy. I haven't had to sacrifice. You know, I've never I've never put my life on the line to defend freedoms in this country. I've never um, I've never been oppressed. I've never been um, there's never been, you know, a prejudice levied against me. But like I said, I know that that experience isn't true for everyone. Um, yeah. And so until it is, I think I think it's a conversation that is worth having. Let me pause for one quick second for a message from the USGA. Combining golf and life is tricky. I know I have a hard time doing it here in New York City. How do you fit one into the other? Ask the USGA and they think it's pretty easy. It's called Play 9. Nine-hole golf is time-friendly, unwind-friendly, friend-friendly. It's conducive to just about every aspect of your busy, busy life. Golf after work, golf before you pick up the kids. It's possible when you play nine. You can even post your nine-hole score, and it counts directly towards your handicap. There's a lot to love about this game, and when there's less time to play this game, the USGA says, play nine. Learn more about options to play in your area by going to usga.org slash play nine. When we, when we talk about the actual statement that, that you put on Twitter, 
setting aside the content of it, I was impressed by the craft. It was very nicely written. So kudos to, to you. To, how much how much did you labor over every word and comma, knowing that it was it was going to be scrutinized? Um, I mean, I like to write. I've uh, I was uh, <laughs> ironically, I actually one of the big selling points for me to go to the University of Missouri um, was a great journalism school. <laughs> I wanted to study journalism, and uh, I didn't. Um, so I chose to focus on golf, and journalism was hard hard degree to get do you have a degree in journalism uh at ucla they did not have a journalism degree i have mass communications with a, a an emphasis in, in print journalism so kind of sort of not really i ended up getting a degree in communication as well from the prestigious university of missouri uh-huh. and um i uh anyway but so yeah writing i mean <laughs> i i enjoy to write i i uh i like uh I mean, it's funny. We actually, my caddy and I have a little bit of a joke. Um, I went on a blind date with him. I did not know the first thing about him the first week we worked together. And, uh, and one of the pieces, one of the references, I didn't, I didn't really officially request references, but I did talk to some other caddies who knew him and just said, you know, what do you know about, what do you know about Chad? And one of the references I got from Chad was that he is great with numbers. So he, he has since refuted that and said, no, I'm not. I'm not great with numbers. But but he has been. He's never messed up a number for me. Um, but so, so Is that like saying of a woman, you know, she has a great personality? I mean, he, he doesn't, he's not good with words, only numbers? <laughs> I don't know, but, but someone told me he's great with numbers. And so that's funny. So, but we always joke now. He tells me that I use big words. And uh, <laughs> so we always joke that he's a numbers guy and I'm a words guy. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I enjoy to write. My wife is an excellent writer. She does have a degree in journalism, magazine journalism, as well as a, um, a master's and a PhD. So she is, she's, she is quite a skilled writer. Um, and uh, we, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say we practice our craft, but I, I, I write a lot. I journal. I, I do, I do a lot of, um, I just, I believe in words. They are powerful. Um, and I, I like that. And, um, so yeah, writing that was it wasn't it wasn't out of my comfort zone to to write. I'd say the uh, the sharing of the writing was a little out of my comfort zone. But um, well, I mean, as you say, the power of words is is significant. So you you press send, and then what happens? <laughs> I mean, the first thing I noticed, you know, I mean, obviously I, I talked to I did talk to my wife a lot about it, and um, I knew I knew it'd be I knew it would would have some reach and have some impact but I mean let's keep in mind here um you know I'm not I'm not LeBron James or Steph Curry I'm not um Rory McIlroy or Ricky Fowler or Jordan Speed I mean, I'm the 640th ranked golfer in the world right here like I think that'll change I think I think that'll I think I'll be moving up I'm feeling pretty good but um <laughs> but I am I'm the 640th ranked golfer in the world right now and uh, I didn't I didn't know I started push send and it was big. I mean, I definitely, I had butterflies. I was anxious. I was, I was wondering because you know, obviously it's going to incite some reaction that I don't want. I said right in the statement that, you know, the reaction to the events of today, which I knew, I knew the events today were going to be a lot of, a lot of protests by NFL players. I knew that's going to be the biggest events of the day. I didn't know that we we're going to have a tennis player as well. Um, um, but I, I knew the events of the day were going to be 
they're going to be divisive. You know, I started my statement by saying that sport unites us, and sport has a wonderful, amazing, transcendent ability to be bigger than bigger than life sometimes. Um, and you know, there's plenty of examples of that too. Which is, hey, sport is so cool. Like sport, what it can do, it truly does make life more fulfilling and make the world a better place. Sport does. Um, but I knew that today, being yesterday, the day I published it, yesterday was going to be a very divisive day in sport. And um, and so I knew the moment I hit send that I was going to be a part of that that divisiveness. But, you know, I feel like it's really... The middle is the easy place to be. The middle is the place to be. The middle is the place where, um, where you don't get a lot of attention for it. Um, and, you know, there's certainly absolutely nothing wrong with that, with being in the middle. Um, but in a world where I know that the majority of my peers and the perception is probably on one side of this issue, um, I thought it was really important to see a different perspective. So, so I did. I pushed send and, or, or submit or whatever you push on social media. I don't even know. <laughs> and, um, and I pushed it and there was this moment like, you know, five or six minutes later, I just went back and just looked to see, you know, to make sure it posted and all that. And within five or six minutes, um, it had been retweeted by, uh, several in the golf media. And I was like, Oh, didn't, didn't know, didn't know, figured it would, figured it would at some point, like, get out there. I mean, if you, if, if you don't want it to get out there, you don't push publish. And I thought right. about that, you know, I wanted it to get out there. Didn't realize how fast it was going to get out there. Got out there fast. And, um, and, um, I certainly didn't have the, uh, um, it just, it, 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 it it escalated so much more than I could have imagined for the 640th ranked golfer in the world with, um, you know, a very small social media following really. Right. But your opinion is no less valid than Roy McElroy's or Jordan Spieth's or, or LeBron James. I, I mean, I understand they have a larger platform, but, um, whatever you have or have not done on the playing field does not diminish the the power of of what you had to say and i think that that's why it spread so quickly and th- there was also you know it was a big it was a big sunday for golf right it's the end of the fedex cup it's the most hyped uh, tournament of the year and so people were, were were thinking about golf on that particular sunday and and let's face it uh, you know golf has a long history of being years or decades behind any any kind of social change whether on issues of of race or sex and so um i think people were watching and waiting to see if any golfer would have anything to say uh, on falling on any part of the spectrum but would anyone even acknowledge this reality and so i think that you know it it was there was there were other factors uh, beyond just the eloquence of what you had to say that that that's why it spread so quickly and so um you know, I, I went through and, and, and read your comments, the comments under your tweet at some point on Sunday, and I actually waited in on a couple because I, I felt like the person said something that was so ridiculous it had to be rebutted. But um, 
now that it's been out there for a good long while, could you put, could you hazard a guess the percentage of people who have been supportive um, or complimentary versus those who have been critical or um, biting in, in their response? You know, what I think is really sad actually about, um, about just the, uh, the reality of divisive issues like this um, is the, the ones, the ones that are the hateful, the hateful voices are louder. Um, and I think, I think that's, uh, that stinks, but I think, I mean, I think, I think I've, I haven't gone through and I've seen some of the comments that were, were left on, on Twitter. I've not read through all of them. Um, I think, you know, overwhelmingly the, the reaction to it has been positive. Um, you know, I would think that, uh, I would think that I see a biased sample on my social media because people that, a lot of people that do like me, you know, right? <laughs> why they follow me, they, sure. they like me. Um, so I've, I've certainly got, I, I've got more positive feedback than negative, but man, the negative can be loud. Um, and, uh, it's pretty, uh, it was predictable. I mean, it was predictable. Some of the stuff, there's been a lot of, there was a lot of hate. Um, there were a few, a few things that are just ridiculous. I mean, gosh, some of it makes you laugh because, um, because it's just so comical. Like when, um, would it be worth sharing? I think it's, I think it's worth sharing a story. Like if it's just yes. funny, people like to laugh, don't they? I think people on both sides of any argument will be able to laugh at this. I hope, I hope, I hope. Let's hear it. Um, one person felt the need to, um, to leave a comment over on my, my, my blog, um, that said, I bet you are an, oh, oh, bum hole. He said an old bum hole. I bet you are an old bum hole fan too. Aren't you? Question mark. He is the worst president in American history and the only one that wasn't born here. And, and just like, I mean, this is funny. Like that is so funny. Like that's your response. I wrote this thing that agree with it. You can't really like, it's not even an agree with or disagree thing to think that I wrote. It's like a, you either appreciate it or you're offended by it. Like it's not an agree with or disagree because I didn't, I guess you can agree, you can agree or disagree with my final conclusion at the end. You can agree or disagree. But for the most part, it's either an appreciate or be offended by what I wrote. It's not an agree or disagree. Um, Cause it's not like I didn't state it in facts. Like these are facts. And um, then at the end, I made a conclusion based on those facts. So you can agree or disagree with the conclusion. I, I guess. Um, but uh but it's just so funny that someone can read that, what I wrote. And their response is, I bet you're an Obama Hall fan, too. And it's like, I mean, here's a guy who, yeah, his policies made some people so mad, I guess. Must have. But your thought to say is that he is the worst president in history, which is by every measure, not one measure was he the worst president in American history, I don't think. I, I think history will remember him as a 
pretty darn impressive president, maybe. Um, I, I shouldn't have said that because that's very that, that now now I am being political and I don't want to be. History will remember him as a good president. Um, the history books will. And um, the the thought as a response to what I wrote is, and the only one not born in America. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like I don't know. I don't know what to say. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty sad picture, but 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 it's it's so isolated. My gosh, I mean. That's you know it's it's easy you see you see the uh, you see the very the very worst in us on both extremes of these issues and it just sucks that that happens to be the loudest sometimes you know because right. the very very worst in us is at you know is at the extreme ends but those those are the loudest so yeah so what about behind the scenes from your, your tour colleagues other people in the game who have not put their, their thoughts in public, but have texted you or called you and, you know, maybe your, your sponsors or, um, other people in your life, what kind of reaction have you gotten in private that, that you can share? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, people who have my phone number, um, are for the most part, fairly like-minded people. I've, I've gotten, so I've gotten a couple Hey Pete, I really disagree with you, man. Um, I've gotten that. I've gotten a couple. Hey Pete, really, really interesting thoughts. I'm not sure how I feel. Well worded. Really, really proud of you for saying it. Not sure how I feel. And I've gotten a heck of a lot of man. Wow, like that opened my eyes. That was so good. That was so good. What you wrote. I I not thought from that perspective, and now I. Now I can see it, and I'll think of this differently. And that's the goal. I mean, my goodness, that's the goal. That's why you do it. That's why you're willing to do it. That's why you're willing to have, you know, conversations that aren't comfortable and aren't fun. And, um, you know, I, I just, I mean, man, it, it, it is, it is good. It is good to see that. Yeah, you know, I did. I did get some positive feedback from it. From really, really meaningful positive feedback. Um, so that was cool. And, uh, yeah, the other stuff behind the scenes, I mean, it, it'll be, it'll, I'm sure, I'm sure that this will, you know, in a way this will, in, in, in some ways this will, this will sort of go away because, you know, until, until my golf clubs give people a reason to talk about Peter Malnati, this will, this will fizzle. Um, but but it'll always, this will always be connected with me now. And, um, and I gotta say, if, you know, it's, it's a statement about, you know, kindness, compassion, and empathy being important American values that, you know, we might not be doing a good job of embodying right now. It's a statement about those, you know, that being like that kindness, compassion, freedom, equality, if, if a statement about those things being important American values is always attached to me, beautiful. Bring it, bring it on. That's beautiful. Um, so as far as how it's all going to play out, you know, behind the scenes, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten lovely messages of support from people. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great in that regard. A, a couple more things before I let you go. Uh, do you, 
one comment that that I've gotten because I've been on Twitter a lot, and I wrote I wrote a story out of the um, the the first tea event at Pebble Beach that touched on some of these issues as well, and a comment that that keeps coming up is well why should golfers talk about this? This doesn't affect them. They, they don't really have any experience in, you know, police brutality or racial injustice or these other issues that are what the protests began as in NFL. And um, so I, you know, that gives cover to, uh, you know, the golfers who have bigger platforms, who have millions of social media followers who haven't said anything. You know, there, there's that sentiment that, well, maybe it's, this is not their fight. What, what, would, you, what would you say to that? I mean, I would just say that a human being's fight is is my fight. Like, you know, it's um, at the end of the day, man. I, I've been really lucky um, to have my eyes open in a way that I think a lot of people haven't. Because um, this is a conversation for next time or something. My, my wife does amazing work. Um, she works with um, she works with people from around the around the globe, um, mainly in areas that have been devastated by conflict or natural disasters. And she uses, um, her organization uses sport as a tool to, to rebuild communities and empower people that have, that have had a lot taken from them. So I've gotten to meet, um, I've gotten to meet people from, um, Northern Iraq, a place that was, um, where, you know, Kurdish people and living in northern Iraq were the victims of mass genocide in the ni- in the 1990s. Um, the group that my wife works for has helped form a basketball camp there to give young girls the chance to get back into society in meaningful ways, um, rather than just being. So, anyway, I, people from people from that area have been here to the states to uh, you know go through curriculum with with this group that my wife works for. So I've met. I've met people from around the world um, living in places that we see on the news and, you know, look at it and say, that's sad and don't, don't really give it a second thought. I've met some people. And the one thing that has really opened my eyes is we all want the same things. People that can't, people that, people that don't know, you know, they don't know anything about, the great life that we that some of us have here in the United States still want they just want the same things. They just it just looks different for them. They want to be loved, accepted, understood, and they want to have a chance. They want to have a chance to make their lives better. That's what they want. They want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be understood. They want to have a chance to make their lives better. And and to be honest with you, one thing that they want too in some places is they just want to have a chance to, you know, feel safe. Feel like they are not going to be hurt by walking outside um so i've had the opportunity i've met my eyes have been open and that's 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 a big part of the reason i am the way i am because i wasn't like i think i've always been like i said i grew up in a home that valued kindness and empathy and all those things um so i grew up a little bit with it but i've never been like outspoken and realized that you know the world wasn't all that way until you know meeting people from these places that we think of like like you know there's uh, another another person that I met through my wife's work um, is in she works in the country. I'm going to get this wrong, so I probably shouldn't talk about it because I don't know this specifically. She works one one country where there's Syrian refugee camps set up. She uh, this this woman has gone into the Syrian refugee camps 
and started um, sports camps for kids who have, they don't even have a home. They're living in a refugee camp in a tent, but they have the opportunity now to go to have soccer and, and basketball and badminton and sport. And it's really cool. And I, you know, I, I get to, I get to meet some of these people through my last work. And it is so cool to see that everywhere around the globe and the globe in places that we don't know anything about, there are people battling for the same things that we want here. You know what? I mean, I just think that's so cool. So, so to say that, you know, this, this battle for, you know, equality and justice for all and, um, you know, it, it is not a golfer's fight. It's just not true to me. If it's a human being's fight, it's my fight. And um, I know that's not that, that, that's not a commonly held perspective, really. And I'm, I'm fully aware of that. But I, I feel so passionately about that, man. If it, if it is, if it's something that afflicts humans anywhere it should have put humans everywhere and and we just uh i know that's really um i mean that's 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 a really idealistic way to think but why not we have to strive for it we have to strive for for the vision we have for the world i mean yes i feel i feel passionately about that no that's beautifully said what is the name of the organization that elisa works for um, she works for the Center for Sport, Peace, and Society, CSPS. The Center for Sport, Peace, and Society is housed at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Um, and, uh, man, it's just it's really powerful. I mean, no offense, Peter, but I should be doing a podcast with your wife. She sounds way more interesting than you. Dude, way more interesting and way less controversial. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, like she's a... She's helping people in in countries that are, um, you know, currently on, you know, all the uh, the various different travel bans. So there's some there's some controversy, but my gosh, she's trying to make life better for people who literally have um, who have no home, who have had their homes destroyed by war. Um, like that can't be controversial. I'm trying to make life better for those people, that can't be. That can't be controversial, I, I hope. Although I'm sure it would be somehow. <laughs> I mean, she's saving the world. You're just trying to save par. Jeez, my goodness. You're not kidding. That, oh, man. Trying to save par. Um, <laughs> dude, it's pretty, it, it's pretty, it is pretty crazy to think. Um, it's pretty, pretty crazy to think how, you know, amazingly, <laughs> how amazingly good my life is like like the things that the things that I could I, I just 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 I just don't have I don't have things I don't have I don't have serious like serious issues um to complain about that much like think think life life works for me life works for me in this country but I think I think the important thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't work for everyone and it's not always it's so easy um, it's so easy to always say, well, if life's not working for someone, that's their fault. And I think in a lot of cases, it probably is. I mean, in a lot of cases, it is, but in some cases, it's not. And I don't think we can just say that as a blanket statement that, you know, if life doesn't work for you, if things aren't, if things aren't, if you're not being, you know, given the idea of this, 
this ideal of the American dream that we've talked about for years. We like to say, you know, if that's not working for you, well, it's got to be your fault. And in some cases it is, but in a lot of cases it's not. And so that, that, that's why, I mean, that's, that's why this is important to me. I get it. Well, they may call you a, a dreamer, but you're not the only one. Peter Malnati, thank you so much for um, sharing your thoughts on this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure not all listeners agree with everything you say, but they have to respect the thought you've put into it and the, um, the passion you bring to this conversation and, and uh, the size of your, of your imagination. It's, it's, uh, it's a nice vision for what, how things could be. Maybe we'll actually get there. So uh, thank, thanks for taking the time and, and, uh, and, and offering some insight in, into uh, what's been a major talking point in the world of golf. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on, and I appreciate the uh, yeah, just appreciate the work that you do. All right, well, this is uh, Alan Shipnuck signing off from a uh, an edifying conversation for uh, for the Knockdown Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll do this again soon. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.